Welcome back, everybody, to Absolute BSS, the casual competitive show about Bandai Namco's Battle Spirits Saga. My name is Cameron. And my name is Eric. And I'm sorry that uh, we didn't have the consistent upload like we have been. We've been uh, basically uploading every week, and I was sick last week, so it is my fault. I take full responsibility. Uh, so I'm sorry that we're falling behind in, in spoiler season, but we're back today. Um, we're going to be looking at the green cards that have been spoiled. But before that, Eric recently played in a store championship. And uh, I would love to hear how that went. Like, we haven't actually talked about it because I'm like, let's save it for the podcast so I can really <laughs> hear about it. So I'm very excited to hear this. Yeah. Uh, first of all, everyone send in your hate mail for Cam. For being sick. <laughs> everyone needs to send in their hate mail. Yep. Um, absolute BSS pod at gmail.com. That's right. right. That's yeah, right. that's the right. one. All right. That's the one. That's where you need to send it. Um, so store champs, I had a lot of fun. It was a blast. I love playing this game in person as much as I love the tabletop simulator mod that you and I practice on all the time. There is just something so nice about moving the little plastic cores around and just like turning cards sideways. It's so much fun. Um, store champs though. Uh, so my record was actually not that great, but we had a pretty small turnout. So I think I ended up, I honestly don't know exactly where I ended up at the end. I think I ended up in like third place, but it was only out of like five people. So, <laughs> so it doesn't right. really matter that much, but um, my matchups, I'm so glad that we, Play tested so much against purple because two out of my three games that I played that day were against purple. So, uh, very first game went up against a, a Maduke purple deck, like a curse purple curse. It was a real, a real interesting one going back and forth. Uh, their curse creatures were just taking out my stuff left and right. Um, I tried to use burning force as much as I could. Uh, really, what sealed the deal for me on that game was Axe Spider. So Axe Spider, that's the one. Axe Spider, Axe Spider came in clutch. Uh, has the purple and yellow armor, and then also it can't be destroyed by destroyed effects or by battle uh, when it's level two. So it really shut down their their curse strat. So uh, definitely. Oh yeah, and I guess I'll mention as well the deck I was playing was this white red uh, or pink, if you will. Um, kind of a mid-range, a little aggro, but more like mid-range, I'd say. And uh, it was just a, a fun little homebrew that I put together. The, the whole idea with it was just to have this sort of toolbox that I could read into and have all of these different options, lots of one-of cards to deal with lots of different situations. And it did do that, but I will say having a multicolored deck with this limited card pool uh, is pretty challenging. I have seen some purple-white decks that have managed to do that pretty well and do very well at events, but uh, white-red, it was difficult. I The cost reduction was really not there, and that screwed me over sometimes. Real quick, when, uh, you, when you say, like, dual-color decks, uh, what's the split that you're talking about? Because we, we usually, you know, we've seen lists that have won online, and, and we talk about putting, like, splash cards in. Oh, but, like, yeah. when you say dual-color... What's your ratio there from white to red? Like 50-50. Wow, yeah, okay. So that so, does kind of make sense. That would, yeah. depending on your draw power, kind of muck up your hand every now and then. 
Yeah, I think my final list was like 29 uh, white cards, 21 red cards. Okay. So it was like pretty close to 50-50. It leaned a little more heavily into white and then the red, a lot of the red was the magic, but there was also like Bearded Eagle and uh, uh, Vajranoceros and yeah. a, f- a few other like just strong like you know beater cards <laughs> yeah to to come in and, and go a little wide if you have the opportunity yeah okay. yeah like i throw down the axe biter to protect myself and they're like oh he's playing a white deck and then i throw down bearded eagle and they're like what the hell is happening yeah which that definitely <laughs> goes a long way in itself just being able to surprise your opponent like that yeah every game that i played whether i won or lost my opponent was very shocked by my deck <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, so I did take the win on the first round. Um, second round, something really interesting happened, which is the organizers of our tournament. I got to say, we got shoved to the side a little bit because the new Magic the Gathering Lord of the Rings set came out. <laughs> and I get it because there were probably like 50 to 70 people in this door for this for that. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely packed. And uh <laughs> They stuck us in this, like, side room with the Yu-Gi-Oh players. <laughs> we were, like, the rejects. That's really funny. Um, but so we didn't really get the full attention, I think, that we needed to run a store championship. But it was what it was whatever. But um, so second round, we found out that we were actually supposed to be doing best of three and not uh, best of one. Oh. So um, second round, I actually played against our buddy Angel. There we and go. And he was also running his purple deck. And, um, man, first game, he just absolutely smoked me. And then we <laughs> found out uh, that we were supposed to be doing best of three. So we had already started playing a second game for fun. So we were both like, I guess this is game two uh, without sideboarding. And I ended up winning that one. And so we had to go to game three. Wow. <laughs> And, oh, man, it was so close. We both just had all of these spirits on the board facing off. Both of us were, like, terrified to swing in because we were both at three life. And then we went to time. And so we had to um, finish out the game, but then we ended up with the same amount of life. And that's when I learned that a tiebreaker when you're both on the same amount of life is who has the most cards in their deck. And so we counted out the cards in our deck. Angel had more cards than me, so it went to him. So does that mean cards left in the deck at that time or total cards at the start of the game? Left in your deck at that time. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So uh, his deck, um, we're actually going to have Angel on the podcast at some time, some point soon, and he'll probably talk about this exact deck. So I don't want to give away too much. Yeah. Uh, he does run more than 50 and I I don't think he even he did not know about this tiebreaker so at the time uh, it just kind of worked out that way in his favor I think he had 35 cards and I had 33 and we realized that a key moment in the game is that he killed my Namengard elephant and I drew three cards and if he wouldn't uh, have done that I would have beaten him by one card <laughs> wow what a what a crazy series then I, yeah. I love when you when you get to play against a buddy like that and it comes down to just some like one turn kind of difference that's that feels really cool it feels very much like in the spirit of all these card game anime shows we were in the battle spirit that's right 
um, and then I'll, I'll spare the details on the last one. It was, I went up against, uh, mono white control and, um, they, well, actually this crazy thing did happen the way that the game ended. Uh, I, they had built up a double elk board, Wow! but I had managed to get really aggressive with my red spirits, but then they drew into absolute ice shield. They mm. shielded when I swung in, and then they double elked me for the win. Because uh. the way that elk works is, um, so if your opponent doesn't damage your life, then your elk makes them move a core from their life into their reserve, or maybe their trash. I can't remember which. But um, the way that it works with ice shield is that it doesn't, because ice shield puts the life back, the elk does not recognize that you lost life. So essentially... Ice shield plus elk equals automatic elk trigger. And they had two on the board and I had two life left and that's how I lost. That is brutal. Yeah. I wonder was... if there are going to be cards in the future that, that affect your opponent's set burst card. I think there definitely will be. There has to be, um, right? There has to be. And I wonder how that'll play out. Like, does everyone just have to respect that 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 their burst could get removed do you just start playing with like your burst in your hand like ice shield in your hand and like not setting it <laughs> right which um, angel has done before we we talked to him about that psychology and you know maybe moving forward that is kind of the move yeah he's done that to me him and i were play testing us um so we'll have him on later to talk about this, but he ended up going to a grand open this past weekend in Ohio, which is made the top 25%, I think, if my math is correct. Yeah, he did really well. Um, I'm really excited to hear about all of his matchups. Yeah, uh, but me too. one thing that he did as we were training for that leading up to that was uh, he did sometimes just hold back the ice shield and you had like you would swing in, get really aggressive, and then he'd flash in the ice shield and you're like, oh crap <laughs> yeah it, i had no idea that you had that a really big brain move there yeah that i never yeah, would I mean, have done you don't get the you don't get the life back but you still end the battle after that battle ends or you yeah. end the attack step after that battle ends and so like if somebody doesn't think that's going to happen and they're all in uh you just leave them wide open yeah it it, it that's yeah very very cool something that i'm going to have to to look at a little more often especially because I only own one ice shield in my whole collection. So when I use that card, it has to be uh, very uh, thought out and, and yeah. important and pivotal. So You have no other choice but to make big brain moves with it. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm keeping that one in my, in my toolkit in the back of my mind. Sweet. Well, um, I will say, even though I didn't place like first place or anything, it was still a lot of fun. Uh, Angel actually ended up getting second. So that was super cool. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really too bummed about it. There wasn't really much at stake. Um, I still got my store champ packs and I got like some cool alt art cards. I got a sword angel, which is pretty sick. That is cool. I love that. Yeah. So all around fun time. I uh, oh, wish you wish yeah. you could have been there. It would have been a lot of fun. I know. Me too. I missed I missed that one. And then obviously I missed the Ohio tournament. Um but yeah. yeah, I'm hoping to get out to to some more events to play physically, like like we were talking about. Because um, yeah, we we played a couple of nights ago, which is going to kind of segue into our green conversation. 
Um, I, I got some new cards in the mail. I, I went on TCG Player. It's the very first game I've ever bought singles for, besides Yu-Gi-Oh! back when I was, you know, in high school. Um, yeah. And so I was, like, really pumped. I'm like, let me let me put some new cards together. Let me play some decks that I can <laughs> legally build. And then yes. you were play testing some of the new set two cards, and uh, that included a lot of these green ones that we're going to be talking about today. And uh, yeah. it was a lot of fun matchups. Really, really fun. Um, I have my version of the purple mid-range deck that is you know making the rounds and doing really really crazy things with baculus the earth spider demon and the infernal curse dragon which actually i don't think in either of those games i even pulled the dragon but baculus was putting in a lot of work baculus can do a lot just on his own yeah and then i my fabled beast deck right now the way that it stands is uh it's got three copies of alice three copies of the behemoth and three copies of Naumengard and yeah. some fun spell stuff in there. And it performed really well for me. Like I, I think my, I'm going to swap out the Pegasus now that I have two copies of dual Eagle. And, um, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, like I like where it's at. It's going to be easily, uh, editable. Once the second set comes out, just swap out a few cards here and there for some better ones. Well, like got clock. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I may put up like a like maybe something on our Twitter, like a, a picture of that deck list that, that I'm running right now. And it's obviously borrowed from some higher competing decks, but I really love hearing about Yellow Fabled Beast doing some good stuff. And um, I love well, playing yellow and I can't get away from it. The winner of our store championship was a two cost yellow deck. That's right. That's what you said. I, I could have been there. I could have been right up with them. That could have been you. You never know. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the Nomen Guard in yellow, actually. It's fun. I, I had not thought of that. It never even crossed my mind until we saw that like tournament list. And then you were like, I'm just going to try that out. Yeah, I put three of those big old elephants in there. And they uh, helped me stay alive and then turn the tide of the game at one point. Um, you know, nothing yeah. left on board, not a couple or only a couple cards in hand. As soon as the elephant died... I drew three cards, was able to pull into a flash spell that could uh, take out a card. I think it was Core Theft I drew into, um, yeah, which is also that, pretty yeah. interesting in yellow. Um, but yeah, it, it's fun. It's it's really fun. So we've been playing. Uh, our buddies have been playing in, in some higher uh, level stuff. So we're, we're having fun with Battle Spirit Saga. Very close to Elemental Spark that's coming out uh, this Friday. And of course, the second set coming out in July, uh, July twenty eighth, I believe. So we're gonna we're gonna shift focus here, start talking about these green spoiled cards that you can find at Battle Spirit Saga on Twitter. Uh, they've been having a blast, or I guess it's at BSS underscore TCG, but they've been releasing a lot of these spoilers, and I'm very very excited to look at green, especially after playing against some of these green cards. So do you want to kick it off, Eric? Yeah, let's start things off. Let's um, talk about it. All right. Let's start things off strong with Fluff Mingo. Mm-hmm. Fluff Mingo is a two-cost, one-reduction prey bird. Uh, it's green, as uh, you were saying. All of the cards we're going to be talking about today that... Well, not maybe not all of them, but maybe all the not ones all that we're going to be reading yes. <laughs> are going to be green. We may reference some other colors. In fact, I know I will. Yeah. <laughs> 
so Fluff Mingo, two cost, one reduction, Prey Bird, Spirit, level one, 3,000, level two, 5,000. And that's for one core and three cores, respectively. And it's just a, uh, just a regular textless spirit. I think that this is a really solid textless spirit. It's right, it has the same stats, uh, or no, it's slightly different stats, but almost the same stats as uh, Bullet Ray from White. Is it better than Bullet Ray? Bullet Ray is one and two. Ah, okay. So slightly not as good. So Bullet Ray is one core for 3K at level one, and then two cores for 5K at level two. Okay. Um, so Bullet Ray is slightly better, but I still think this is really good. I think it's a like if you draw this opening hand and you, lo you maybe you lost the dice roll, you have to go first. I think you still want to see this. Yeah, Fluff Mingo is a really good uh, green opener. Um, I'm going to assume that this is better in a full green deck, or at least mostly green deck, than Splash. But the two cost is great. I, I could I could see slot in one of these or a couple of these. Like, if I'm really going for two cost rainbow aggro, uh, it's Flamefish, Bullet Ray, and Fluff Mingo for me. Yeah. I, yeah, I think if you're splashing, you, you might as well just play the Bullet Ray. Yeah, but, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a pretty cool card. Texas, like we said, Prey Bird is an interesting um, trait that I'm excited to see more of. Yeah. Um, That's really all I have to say about it, actually. So if you want to talk about our next Prey Bird, speaking of. Yes, this one has really cool art. This is Shrike. This is a five cost, uh, can be reduced by three, Prey Bird Green Spirit card. It's just a Samurai Sparrow looking kind of thing. <laughs> He looks so cool. I really like him. Um, sorry to cut you off, but oh, you're do fine. you remember the the Yu-Gi-Oh card, Hayabusa Knight? Yes, I do. That was one of my absolute favorite cards, and this <laughs> card reminds me of that card so much because it was like a samurai bird. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love Great it art. so much. Very good art. Um, interesting stats and abilities here. So this is, again, five reduced by three. At level one for one core, it's only 2K. At level two for three cores... 4k but it has flash swift so you can summon this card from your hand by using cores from your reserve to pay its cost and place cores onto it so we're seeing the prey birds get that swift uh for the yeah. most part um of course the leaf wolf, yeah it makes sense right it makes sense yeah yeah they're swooping in um mm -hmm. and at level one and two when summoned so that's either during your turn or during a flash window you can select one of your opponent's exhausted spirits and reduce its BP by 2,000 during the turn. So that's that's not bad. Yeah, for the... Okay, so obviously Swift is going to make this card quite usable. Um, three reduction is pretty big, because you can play this for two cores and potentially have like a 4K blocker, mm -hmm. which is nice. Um, do you think that the 2,000 BP reduction is uh, more for just changing up the numbers almost like a magic spell like a magic card or do you think it's more to like kill little dudes like how, how do you see yourself using this i think more often than not this is just gonna be i'm gonna flash this in and i'm gonna reduce your guy that has a little less cores on it so that it can't mm -hmm. keep attacking this turn and then next turn I'll have another body. Like when I start my turn, I'll have a body on the field. That that's kind of where I'm looking at it. I I don't know. I mean, obviously, if if you're yellow against green, 
this can kill one of your little guys, but I don't think it's as impactful at a five cost to specifically be anti-yellow. So I, I, I don't know how I feel about Shrike right now. Yeah. Yeah. For As far as like little reduction, like for the same amount, I know this is a different color, but for five cost, you could play Leon, which yeah. kills everything. Yeah. And it, it doesn't <laughs> have the stipulation of exhausted spirits, but you can't flash Leon yeah. in. So I understand. That's true. I, I understand it. I, I wish Shrike was a four reduced by two with these yeah. stat lines, but we'll see. You know, I, I don't know all the Prey Bird support yet, but that's, yeah, that's my first impression of this guy. Yeah. I think it's difficult to say because um, we've been playtesting with Swift. Um, yeah. And I'm curious to see, we have not yet tested like a full on, like all Swift mono green deck. No, we've, like we've only mirror matched the starter, and uh, then you've splashed some green. Yeah, for, like, the really well-statted uh, Swift mm -hmm. spirits. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see if maybe, like, an all-Swift deck would be something maybe that this could slot in a little bit easier to. I agree. Maybe tailoring a Swift deck to uh, really get the point across. Yeah. Speak now or forever hold your prey birds. <laughs> doing taylor swift puns don't don't mind me <laughs> all right you want to take this next prey bird which i think i'm gonna like a lot more yeah uh this guy's expensive but he does some pretty impressive stuff this is onyx bird yada gloss uh once again reminding me of cards from Yu-Gi-Oh, like yadagarasu yes um, which maybe that is yadagarasu like the 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 like the uh can't think of the word exactly but the like japanese pronunciation of yada gloss is that like yada garasu oh i bet it is maybe, maybe that's like the same thing i think so because i i've been playing shin megami tensei 5 uh -huh. a lot and um you know all the persona games and in, in shin megami tensei game and soul hackers games use a lot of the same monster groups that are based on like uh different folklore different demons and all this different stuff but like yadagarasu yeah, is one know, that like, shows up like giant like giant penis demons yeah uh, dragging carts behind them you know yeah exactly so <laughs> this reminds me of like a monster from shin megami tensei or persona 5 um which is called yadagarasu so th that's probably exactly what this is it's just like direct translation and you know not yeah. using the the full name but I, I i'm starting to notice a lot of those overlaps in um in in Bandai Namco games especially like I bet if we knew more about Japanese mythology and stuff this would this would be like the equivalent of like pulling in like Medusa or something you know yes like, right which Maduke is Medusa you know like that's oh, yeah yeah it, wow. there, there's a lot of like I'm, I didn't I'm make that connection until just now <laughs> yeah I'm making a lot of these connections as I like play games like Yokai Watch and and Persona and Shin Megami Tensei it's funny so sorry Not for that little this... tangent well, not to take us even further off the rails, but I want to mention really quick: Persona Four Golden is uh, fourteen ninety nine right now on the PlayStation Store. So dang, check it out! Check it out, people. Yeah. Um, Persona Persona games are great. Anyways, <laughs> Onyx Bird Yada Gloss. <laughs> uh, four cost two reduction. Prey Bird Spirit, level one for one core, two thousand BP. Level two for four cores, four thousand BP. Level three for eight cores. So that's a lot of cores. 8,000 BP. 
So the abilities on this thing. At all three levels, when it attacks, you can select one of your carapite or insectoid spirits, destroy it, and place a core from the void onto this spirit. So maybe that's a way that it gets all the way up to eight. And uh, at level three, so at eight cores, while it attacks, when a core is placed onto this spirit, your opponent selects two of their refreshed spirits, exhaust them. Man. This is a, this is a big bird. This is very interesting. We don't often see these like lower cost cards go all the way up to to level three and with you know that much cores on them. But yeah. this one feels a little more feasible, and we're going to be talking about more carapite and insectoid spirits later on. Um, so I'd like to come back to this at the end. I think this this might be my uh, a card for a certain segment we're going to do. But it, I, I need to know how the rest of them work. Because really, my only like reference to the insectoids or the carapites right now are Groon and um, just that ant soldier or whatever. So yeah. Groon tends to have a lot of cores on him. You could use him, and then he throws cores over to another creature anyway. So yeah, then, could, if Preybird put... kills the rest of them and gets up to level three and does that, like you could exhaust two things and attack for free. It's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Groon could swing in and then place his cores onto this, and then this could kill Groon, which would not trigger his ability, which is kind of unfortunate. But but that's probably um, why. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, the fact that this card exists is pro is probably why uh, Groon specifies that he has to be destroyed by an opponent. Um, but I have a question about this card, and I don't know if. Either of us can even answer this question, but maybe you have thoughts. Um, does the level three ability trigger if the core that's placed onto Yadagloss to get it to level three occurs from the first ability? That's also what I don't know. So let's say, yeah, for example... Onyx Bird Yadagloss out here with five cores on it, level two, 4,000. Mm -hmm. When it attacks, it's level two, but you select one of your Carapite or Insectoid Spirits, destroy it, place a core from the Void onto this spirit. Oh, okay, so let's let's say, say it's at seven. It does the first attack and first ability. It becomes an eight. Would then, while this spirit attacks, when a core is placed onto this spirit, because it becomes level three, does it get that ability? I have no idea. Well, you know what? I think maybe the answer is the difference between when versus wow. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good point. Because the first ability says it triggers upon the attack being initiated. The second one just says the whole time it's attacking. Right. So that includes flash windows for like that little spell where you can put a core from the void onto a card. So you could also do it that way, that core, core growth or whatever that card is. Yeah. Man, there's going to be a whole section in the FAQ about this card. <laughs> I think so, which is <laughs> is interesting. Um, but yeah, but maybe so once I'm just dumb, I don't know. <laughs> once we get clarification, I think um, I think this could be a really good card. But yeah, I'm not sure how to answer that question yet. Multiple cores is the spell I was thinking of. Two cost, mm. one reduction, magic burst. When opponent resolves a spirit's one summon effect, you can select one of your opponent's spirits and exhaust it, and then play its main cost. Oh, so it's not a flash. Never mind. Oh, okay. That doesn't even well, work. 
we'll, we'll figure this card. Yeah. I definitely think this card could be good. I just, like you said, I think I need to figure, I need to figure it out, which I like that. I like a nice little puzzle. I do too. It, it's fun for deck building and, and that really scratches an itch as a Keyforge player, like being able yeah. to deck build and, and think about these scenarios and these like magical lining up of the stars, like, Oh, yeah. if Groon attacks and then puts three cores on Onyx Bird, then Onyx Bird attacks, it gets up to eight, and then it gets to do this. Like, that's really fun for me. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I'd like to come back to Onyx Bird for sure. Well, let's move on to the next one. Let's uh, do it. Because we got some more Prey Birds to talk about. Yeah, we do. This is the big one. This is the X-Rare Prey Bird, Eternal Phoenix Tokiwa. Uh, seven cost can be reduced by four. Again, this is a green prey bird spirit. At level one, for one core, it has 5,000 BP. At level two, for three cores, it has 8,000. And at level three, for five cores, it has 11,000, which is not bad. That's a good stat line, especially for, yeah. for your X-Rare, especially for a new color. This thing re seems really neat. And maybe these abilities might make it sound niche but i think it also works on its own but just in case there's some cool stuff here so at level one yeah. two and three passively at all times this spirit gains ten thousand bp if your opponent controls a void lord spirit which we've briefly my, touched on my as i was reading this my eyes grew very large and then shrunk again as i yeah. got to the end of the sentence yeah <laughs> it's like wait a minute what so What's it's, going on? it's very conditional that this thing would buff up 10k, but it, it is an answer to Void Lords, which if you're going to introduce cards like the Void Lords, you have to have these answers. And so that's what we we're kind of talking about in the last episode. So I love seeing this card because I think it's good as a green, but then it's also good in that edge case like your opponent is playing Exodia. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, if they're playing those big Void Lords, if somebody's playing your king charles void lord deck that you were talking about. i'm gonna build it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i need to just mess around with that on bss dev because these cards yeah, are up now um yeah, why not? but yeah so that's the passive one two and three at level two and three so three cores and up when this spirit attacks your opponent selects one of their refreshed spirits exhausted so your opponent that's, gets the choice but that's still really cool that's just straight up utility it I is mean, exhaustion like, is great yeah this thing's you know, it can start doing that when it has 8k at least. Like, that's pretty powerful. And then at level 3, so 5 cores and up, you may remove all but 3 cores from this spirit and place them into your reserve to refresh it when this spirit attacks. So basically, you, you tilt it. You're like, I'm attacking with this. Um, it's 5k, but I'm going to remove all but 3 cores. So during this attack, it's 8k, but then I'm going to stand it. Is that right? Uh, it'll be 11k, and then it'll drop down to 8k, right? When, though? Like, before that first attack? Oh, when the spirit attacks, you remove all the... Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So you have to you have to have it level 3 before you declare the attack to get the refresh. Um, but, and, and you're sacrificing 3k to make it, to do that. But what you're doing is throwing cores into your reserve. So this is kind of a cool... It's a May. It's utility. Like, this Phoenix is yeah. a Swiss Army knife because you don't have to do that. You can attack it as 11K. Um, yeah. But if your opponent's side of the field is already uh, lowered or if it's level 2, level 3 attack, exhaust their only creature, you're going to 
<laughs> use the remove all but three cores, hit once for life and attack again for life. And you could flash in something to attack again for life. You know, I, I think this is a really cool card. And so far, if I was going to build a, a mono green deck, it's it's these prey birds with some carapite support. Eternal Phoenix is neat. Yeah, seems pretty solid. I, I definitely like cards that just passively do good stuff while it's already a good card. Yeah. I also think Naumengard is a perfect card in green decks as well. <laughs> yeah, you could really... Uh, Swift decks. That, yeah, well, you, oh yeah, because then you get those cores, and then you just Swift stuff in, and you also can refresh yep. uh, so at the end. Even if it dies on your opponent's turn, you're still getting three cores from the Void into your reserve. That's enough to flash in most of your green Swifts. And then... If you have it and it attacks during your turn, before you even go into your opponent's turn, you're getting that extra fresh step, and you can just s bring in the hordes. You know, like it's yeah. it's cool. I, I'm like already theory crafting here with the prey birds and the Nauman guard. I love this Eternal Phoenix card. Yeah, I, I think even if Eternal Phoenix doesn't fit into your deck for some reason, um, if you're playing green and Void Lords become a thing, I think you're going to want this in your sideboard. Yeah. But, I, man, I still argue that if green is your primary color here, at 7 cost for reduction with that stat line and that growth, I'm throwing yeah. this in it's, Yeah, it's time. still just a solid card. You're right. Like, and it exhausts. It exhausts things. Yeah. Yeah, even if even if you're going for, like, um, a different, totally different build, like these insects we're about to get into, I still think it fits. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, uh, great, great transition there. Go, f oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, I guess this next one is a prey bird. You want me yeah, to Yeah, we just... have one more prey bird here. Um, this is on, on Myoji Kingfisher. On Myoji. Fun King fact Fisher. Kingfishers um, are my favorite birds. Oh, really? Yes. So you're a big <laughs> fan of this guy. I, I think this guy is super cool. The art is really neat. I like how it's almost this, uh, like, very, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's it's almost like a watercolor painting. Yeah. Like old it, style, like Japanese style painting. It kind of looks like this could come out of Legend of the Five Rings. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's neat. It's very, very pretty cool. Uh, pretty card. So this is a four cost two reduction. It's a our last prey bird here. Uh, spirit level one, three K for one core. Level two. 6k for five cores that's a pretty drastic uh difference between level one and level two uh it has one ability which is swift so you can summon it at flash speed from your hand by using cores from your reserve to pay its cost and place cores onto it i like him I, I, a lot of these swift cards the way they're balanced to be able to bring them in in a flash mm -hmm. window is that usually their level two is ridiculously high but yeah that's not what you're looking for with Swift anyway. You're either Swifting in a, a chump blocker or you're Swifting in a body for your next turn. So that's fine for me. I, I think I would still slot in a couple copies of this. Yeah, I can see this. I mean, if you have the cores for it, having a 6k blocker out of nowhere is pretty good. Yeah, like a Desperation play or Guard leaves and you don't have much left, you can bring this guy in and, and cover a lot of stuff, so... 
Yeah. I do want to mention, I've been, I want to mention this before we get too far away. Back to Onyx Bird Yodagloss really quick. Yes. Uh, I read the flavor text on this card and I just thought it was really beautiful. It was almost like a poem. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought this flavor text was good. First to spot the Void Lord was a black crow flying over the ocean waves. It, it is feels snowing like... on Mount Fuji. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a haiku. It's, yeah. It's really cool. Is it a haiku? No, it's not enough. But, uh, yeah, I just was like, oh, that's really pretty. I like that. And it really fits the theme of the prey birds. I agree. I, I really like birds. <laughs> As you could probably tell by me just yeah. saying casually, fun fact, my favorite bird is Kingfisher. <laughs> yeah. The, the... <laughs> Wingspan, great birds? game. I love birds, man. And so, like, yeah, bir so... <laughs> birds and card games are usually really cool. Like, Digimon has really good bird lines, like the Garudamon, Phoenix, all that stuff. Well, I think thematically the birds are pretty pretty tight. Like, yeah. the swift ability, and I know it's not restricted just to the birds, but the swift ability on the birds is cool. Yep. Like, thematically just fits them so well. I really like it. I agree. All right. So this next one, we're getting into the Carapite groups. So these we were are in be... the air. Yes. And now we're going into the ground. We're going into the hive, baby. Get get your hive mind caps on because these, I think, are gonna are are gonna be kind of like floody. You know what I mean? Yeah. This will be I... interesting. I'm excited to hear how these all work because again, I've been avoiding these spoilers for green. Um, oh, you're in for a treat. <laughs> I'm so excited. So this is a really a really gross insect treat. <laughs> yes, I love it. Cause yeah, again, I don't love bugs as much as I love birds. But typically, they have some cool mechanics in card games. Like I used to do a perfectly great moth, Yu-Gi-Oh deck, blah blah blah. Weevil under. Oh, that's always fun. So the first carapite we've got here is a two cost reduced by one, Emirant Man. Um, it's a carapite spirit, level one for one core. It has one thousand. And level two for three cores, it's 3,000. And it's got a similar effect to something we've seen before in Groon. When destroyed by opponent, very important there, place a core from the void into your reserve. So it's ramp. You know, it's a chump block. Your opponent's not going to want to throw in and accidentally destroy these things. It's not going to want to burning force all your Emirant mans because you get to ramp. <laughs> it's This is such a cool card. Yeah, I, I dig it. Yeah, that was my immediate thought. I was like, oh, yeah, go ahead and Burning Force this. Like, go for it. Like, please. <laughs> yeah, I might throw Emirant Mans into my two-cost Fabled Beast stack because it ramps. It's not a bad idea. It's not yeah, a bad it's idea. Two-cost. It's got one reduction, so it's not even like you're missing out on much. Exactly. I, I think, you know, and, and all my yellow two-cost cards can tutor this, so it's not like I'm getting something not as good as one of my other cards like it's just it's just a neat little thing like ervata can trigger this and pull it out of your discard pile um prince pentan can see it on top of your deck and frieza tall recognizes when it gets destroyed so i think there's a lot of utility inside and outside of green with emirant man that's actually frieza frieza tall makes this card bonkers because like yeah uh, you put you just put one core on this little ant and then you swing in and now your opponent has to decide <laughs> yeah do i take a hit to my life or do i let you draw a card and ramp yeah 
It, 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 that's nuts! Frieza Tall yeah. says during either attack step. So that means if it gets destroyed by your opponent, draw a card when one of your spirits that cost two is destroyed in battle, and then yeah, you get that core from the void into your reserve. It, yeah. It's ludicrous. I think the correct answer there is almost always going to be to block it, but man, does that feel bad. Right. <laughs> right. Feels really bad flooding the board with these little Amarant mans. Oh, I love it. Well, you're going to like this next guy. Ant-Man oh. General. Whoa, we're seeing tokens? Sorry for the spoiler there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, baby. We, we are, have you seen the other tokens in this set or no? I've not. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it then. There's other cards that give you tokens besides the ants. Okay, I'm going to have to go looking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right now. man. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is... Oh, man. Now I'm way more excited about these than the Prey Birds. Yeah. Already two token. cards in. I'm into it. Okay, go for yeah. it. Go for it. Sorry. Uh, Ant-Man General is a three cost, two reduction Carapite. Beautiful. Uh, level one for one core, 1,000. Level two for two cores, 3,000. So pretty small stats here. But OP. OP. He, he's, he's mighty in other ways. Uh, level one and two, one summoned, you get to summon one of your Ant-Man tokens. So this yes. is going to be a green zero cost Carapite token with a level one of uh bp 1000 and so tokens so, need the cores yes so you do have to put one core onto the token to keep it alive at bp 1000 yes and it comes in exhausted and token cards come from outside yes. the game place cores onto them from either your field or your reserve very cool yep it's just like summoning it's almost as if when you play ant-man general you're also playing at the same time a zero-cost uh, ant token that comes in exhausted. I love that the physical card game space... I'm going to try not to go on too much of a tangent, but I, I love that like the ideas that have been introduced in digital card games over the last few years are now being introduced in physical games in such a cool way. Keyforge is doing tokens. You just play the top card of your deck face down. Each deck is assigned a token, so that card is that token. Um, and Shadowverse Evolve, which is getting an English release later this weekend, has a lot of these tokens that come into an area called the EX area, which is basically just like in the digital game, it would create tokens that go into your hand. So that's public information. So in this game, you just load them up in this EX area and you can summon them from there. And so like it's it's that really neat thing of like, how do we make it feel like you're just animating something out of the ether and, and putting it in here that doesn't have to be in your main deck? And this is a yeah. really great way to do that. And uh, I'm just super into it lately about all these games that are feeling like digital games, but in a physical space. Because like you even said at the top of the show, playing physically, uh, like in person with someone is always going to be better and more fun, in my opinion, than playing digitally. So getting those digital elements in a physical game only increases the creativity and the fun of a game like this. So I'm really really excited to see tokens in set two yeah uh, the other reason i like uh you were talking about creativity the other way that you can get creative with tokens other than just in your deck building is i love that uh you don't have to play like official tokens for stuff so i'm yeah. definitely gonna like be searching around on etsy or maybe even making something myself to make like fun little ant tokens yeah magic always has really fun creators on Etsy making token cards. And yeah. uh, that that's really fun. And, it, you know, I guess Magic has been doing that for a long time, like tokens. But 
still i i i just man yeah it's super fun so we're gonna have anime waifu ant tokens is what you're saying yes oh my gosh <laughs> my gosh wow. dude just like you've always won oh uh, i'm going down <laughs> such a rabbit hole lately dude with with all this stuff all these games are killing me yeah well you know we do have an ant waifu uh speaking of which if you want to we do <laughs> we do oh my gosh <laughs> queen ant train step on me oh my gosh we're going to have to move this podcast to an explicit section or something. It actually technically <laughs> is explicit because we say shit oh. like shit, but... Because we say shit like fucking damn and ass. <laughs> <laughs> We're going off the rails. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not even drinking. All Me right, neither. Sorry, uh, no, I love this. I'm so distracted by Queen Antrain. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, she is the uh, X-Rare Carapite card that we've got in this group. Nine cost... Can be reduced by five. Very beautiful. <laughs> Carapite <laughs> green spirit beautiful, here. Beautiful, lovely queen. This is exactly what I wanted, though, when I heard about these ant creatures. Yeah. And then I was like, ant tokens. And then a queen, obviously. So, level one for one core. Let me calm down a little bit. 6K. <laughs> level two for four cores. 12,000 BP, baby. Level That's one, that is really solid. Level one and level two, when summoned. Summon two of your Ant-Man tokens. Again, token spirit, green, zero cost, carapite token, level one for one core, 1,000 BP. Um, that's when summoned. You get to bring in two of those tokens. During your attack step at level two, when one of your spirits is destroyed, select one of your opponent's spirits and exhaust it. So you're throwing in the, the little worker ants. Yep. Praying for a chump block, and then you get to exhaust more of your opponent's spirits. And if they don't chump block, your little worker ants are chipping life away for nothing. And that yep. is awesome. Queen Antrain rules in the flavor text is kind of funny, too. The average lifespan for a queen was 10 years. A city excavated for two years would be abandoned a mere eight years later. <laughs> wow. I love this card. I'm going to do the token thing. That's what I'm about to do with Shadowverse when it comes out. I'm going to play Forestcraft and do fairy tokens. Now I'm going to build Carapite deck and BSS and just do the same thing. Yeah. It, the This deck seems really fun. My only problem with it, and we'll see how, how big of a problem this really is, is I almost feel like it's building itself, which is not a bad thing, but I just am like, I wonder how obvious all of the card choices are for this because it's starting to feel, you know. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty super obvious. fair. That's super yeah. super fair. Which, which is kind of fun though. I think like, so because then it all yeah. comes down to like even if it is a toolkit of forty of the same cards for everyone who's doing Queen and Train decks, what are those other ten? Like, yeah. are you putting in Storm Leon? Are you putting in those Burning Forces? Are you putting in, uh, whatever? Like, are you? leaning into some swift with your green are you leaning into ramp are you leaning into buffing a wide amount of creatures do you put wonderland alice in this deck i don't know i have a nasty idea what's that uh, you put in uh netherworld depths and then if they block <laughs> <laughs> then you draw a card oh and then you're just swifting cards in oh my gosh that's or an expensive tech card but that is hilarious what if you have netherworld depths and the queen and you have an emirant man <laughs> uh, and you swing in if they block it 
you get a core and you draw a card and one of their things gets exhausted <laughs> that's nuts dude that's uh, so dirty yeah or if they don't block it then they just took a they just took life from a spirit with 1000 bp which is kind of uh you know that's that feels bad that feels really bad oh my um, gosh one other key detail here so i thought this was just part of the tokens um but i think it might just be something to do with ant-man general in specific uh-huh uh, general general specific um <laughs> uh his token comes in exhausted. The queen doesn't say anything about the tokens coming in exhausted. Oh, you're right. Hers do not come in exhausted. Yeah. Good call. Good catch there. So oh, my queen. Hers come in, and if she's level two, which, I mean, it's only four cores to make her 12k, so I think you're doing it. Queen. Like, I, I think you're almost always... I mean, I guess you might be... She does cost nine, but she has five reduction. Like. Yeah. I think if you're at a point in the game where you have enough to reduce her by five, you probably have enough cores to like just or, throw her down at level two. But well, think about her with Groon. You summon her, keep her at level one, and you use those extra cores in your reserve to keep those tokens alive. Groon attacks, throws three over to Antrain, and now she's level four. Mm. Oh wait, no, that's not how that works. I'm sorry, I always forget that. Groon puts them in the reserve to give power to another creature. He doesn't oh, move yeah. the cores. No, he doesn't move the course. Yeah. So never mind. I'm sorry. Forget that. <laughs> I got too excited. Uh, you did just make me realize something, though, is that anything that summons tokens has an additional cost to it equal to the number of tokens it summons. It does. It does. So she doesn't actually cost nine. She really costs 11. Right. She... I mean, unless you don't care about the tokens and you just let them go away. Right. But that trade-off, too, is... You know, three bodies coming out on one card, and yeah, definitely makes sense to me. But yeah, oh, right. whew, man. Uh, next card, um, another Carapite. This one's not as exciting, but maybe necessary for the deck. It's a Fire Ant Man, and it's a one cost, no reduction here. Just single, you know, just one cost always. <laughs> Uh, Carapite, level one, one core for 1k, level two, four core, or level two, two cores for 4k. And it's just a regular old ant spirit. I love this Doesn't card. Doesn't do anything. I love this card. Yeah. Ant-Man tokens, fire Ant-Man's queen. You got nine creatures on the board. You swing, swing, swing. You need absolute ice shield. I love this deck. <laughs> yeah, this this is a, this is going to be a fun deck. And I think maybe the next time we play, we should play test uh, some some ant builds <laughs> oh yeah i'm already daydreaming I you're already wait. scheming over there <laughs> i'm scheming all right so this next one is worker ant man so a three cost reduced by two carapite green spirit level one for one cord has 2000 bp level two for two cords it has 4000 and when the spirit attacks <laughs> place a core from the void into your reserve if this spirit has a soul core on it come on that's great ramp. Yep. This is a, a a turn. You go second. You already get that advantage. You drop him in. He gets to attack. Like, you ramp. It's so cool. Worker ramp. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're, you're right, though. They're all very obvious cards. But also, that's cool. Uh, it's, it's cool that you immediately, like, have a pretty viable deck just... 
Yeah. You could just kind of cobble it together from the carapites and have a pretty solid deck. And then and then maybe from there in playtesting, you figure out like a little more nuance to it. Yep. I, I just think, you know, we talked about this off uh, podcast, but like tribal decks are really fun for me. Right. I, I really oh, like, yeah. you know, it, it it's I think it's good for games for beginners. You go like it, it helps you kind of discover the nuances in the depth of a game. Uh, at a very surface level. And so it's really fun entry. So like, especially in a second set, someone comes in, they're like, well, I can't really get old product, but there's a bunch of new product. Um, they can, like you said, build a very viable deck. It makes them feel like they're they're putting something together that has all these combos and tricks and it helps you understand the game uh, yeah. subconsciously very quickly. And so like if, I just love tribal buy- decks. If you buy a few booster packs and you just so like let's say you're brand new to the game you buy a few booster packs and like a green starter deck or something and you just so happen to pull the queen in one of your packs like yeah. you could probably build you know like a carapite deck with those cards pretty easily you know what else this uh why, why tribal is so good i think it's really good for um draft formats or sealed formats like limited yeah and um i would love to play battle spirits as a draft format which did like we kind of did that reveal uh, that like release event we did yeah we did a sealed format there but did did you see that they added rules for draft to the tournament rules no i did not yeah so it's going to happen at some point that's I, so exciting this game really we, lends itself to to limited i don't know how we make that happen i mean you and i could just do it for fun yeah <laughs> yeah we have enough cards between us to build a cube but yeah yeah i, I oh, think this game really lends to it my extra cards is just build a cube huh Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be fun. Sorry. <laughs> That's it. That's all I was just wanting to say. I like these Carapite uh, guys. I think this card is really good. Yeah, I think he's good. I will say, though, as from a tribal standpoint, have we seen, other than that one Prey Bird, have we seen, like, Carapite Matters? No. So I wonder... I, I would bet money... Um, I don't know how much money, but like at least a dollar <laughs> <laughs> that uh, we get a Carapite or Ant-Man Nexus. That's like, yeah, the hive. The hive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or Ant Hill or Ant-Man Hill or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, that, I cannot wait for that. It probably like buffs Carapites and maybe like. Or tokens. Yeah, more tokens. Yeah, yeah. Like each of your tokens in play gets plus 2000 BP or something like that. Yeah. Well, we get to see, unfortunately, you're not going to find out in this podcast, but tomorrow in the real world, actually, probably by the time this podcast is out, uh, you will know whether or not my prediction was correct. But because tomorrow, I think we get to see the green nexuses. Oh, baby. I'm excited. That's so exciting. Um, For today, though, cards that we do know about, uh, Heaven's Cloak Butterfly is our next card here. And this is an insect toid. Good Uh, Lord. Forecast. Four cost, two reduction, spirit, level one for one core, one K, level two for three cores, five K. So uh, somewhat similar stat line to the Fluff Mingo. I guess a little bit weaker on the level one, but uh, it has a when summoned ability, select one of your spirits, place a core from the void onto it. So just straight up ramp. Oh my gosh. Green has so much good ramp. One thing that I... 
I had a thought, and then I realized that you can't do this, so I'll just say it, just in case anybody else was wondering. It costs four, so I was like, what if you're going first, and then you play this as your first turn play? Can you put the core onto it? But the when summoned ability, it has to at least be level one in order for that to happen at right. all. So, so level um, two, though, yes. Yeah, or, yeah I mean, sorry, going, turn two, turn two. Yeah, if you're going second... Yeah, you can do that. You can pay four, put a core on it, and then place another core. So you immediately if you're going have second, an extra core. Yeah, if you win the die roll or however you randomly decide who goes first, like, um, and you decide to go second, uh, and you see this in your hand and you kept it, like, that's a pretty solid starting move to the game. Yeah, during your turns in that game, obviously depending on the matchup, you're two cores ahead of your opponent from the get go. Yeah. On the ramp, just that's nuts. Yeah. All right. I'm a little upset that you get to talk about this card because I really <laughs> like it. Yeah, I, I know you like this one. This is Go a really fun one. I'll read it and then you can talk about your experience with it because you have played this against me. This is Mushrantula. Great name, great card art. Very cool. Three cost, reduced by one, Insectoid Green Spirit card. Level one for one core is 2k. Level two for two cores is 3k. Level one and level two when summoned. If you spend a soul core as part of the spirit summoning cost, your opponent selects a card from their hand and discards it. This card is just brutal. <laughs> Powerful ability. I, I never even like really thought about discarding cards in this game, but when you start the game with only, you know, four to five cards and then a sixth card, like as you know, in, in those early parts of the game, having to discard cards out of your hand is tough. And in later parts of the game, having to discard cards out of your hand is tough. So I'm worried about like mill and hand discard becoming a really big thing. Like green blue decks are going to be so mean. Uh, yeah. And it all starts with this little guy right here, Mushrantula. The the game that we played was extremely unusual because both of us had so many freaking cards in our hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You were playing <laughs> like, Netherworld Depth stuff, and I was playing Bless Cathedral Yellow stuff, and yeah, it we was not so many cards. But um, in those first couple of turns, though, I like I was down to nothing in my hand. Only Naumengard kind of flipped that back over for me, which again yeah. is why I'm, I really will sing the high prices of Naumengard in Yellow decks. This card is very, very good. I definitely think it's worth playing, um, but it is a little situational. I think that if your opponent has three or fewer cards in their hand, playing this is very impactful. Yes. Um, if they have maybe like five or more cards in their hand, then it's kind of like, eh, they probably already have something they would be okay discarding. Um, and then, of course, if they have no cards in their hand, then this card is a dead, just a dead card. So. Yep, and it's kind of expensive for bad stats in the mid, in like late game. If you top deck this towards the end of the game, you're not happy. Yeah, I, I still, I, I like this ability though. So for me personally, in my play style, I would still play four of this, um, and then probably in the late game, just not play it if it's not relevant. But, I mean, if your opponent is if your opponent has a single card in their hand and then you play this ooh, that's brutal <laughs> yeah yeah feels bad i dig it um all right i'll talk about the next guy here this is armor tree deity herak dinas <laughs> this thing is nuts 
Yeah, it's a giant like Hercules beetle that's like a tree. Yeah, it's huge. Very um, Kawagamon from Digimon. That line. Yes. Oh, I love Kawagamon. Hercules cool. Kabuterimon, stuff like that. Uh, seven cost, and it's reduced by three. Insectoid spirit. This is also an X rare, so this is the X. Uh, another. Well, I guess the. It's not a the. Queen was a Carapite X-Rare, and this is an Insectoid X-Rare. So maybe I'm wrong about the deck. Maybe it doesn't build itself. Maybe there's, like, two different routes. There's, like, full-on Carapite, and then there's full-on Insectoid, and then there's, like, Carapite Insectoid. Yeah, like little um, flashes of both. Yeah. Well, so uh, this this guy seems pretty good. So first off, the stats. Uh, level 1 for 1 core, 6k. Level 2 for 3 cores, 7k. Level 3 for 4 cores, 9k. Very solid stat line. At both level and 1 and level... Sorry, at both level 2 and level 3, during either attack step, all Insectoid and Carapite Spirit cards in your hand gained Swift. So you can, at flash speed, summon Carapites and Insectoids from your hand. Uh, very, very cool thematically, because it just means, like, play this dude... He, like, rustles up the forest, and then all these bugs start swooping into your opponent's face. <laughs> I um, am so in love. Yeah, this is cool. This is definitely, you know, in, like we, like I was just talking about, like, Insectoid or Carapite Matters kind of card. Yeah. Th this card is so cool. The stat lines are honestly really fine. Um, you're not trying to swing in with him and get him killed. But really, he's just there to let you swing in the chump blockers and bring in your queen and bring in your tokens to, to go wide and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But then he also has that level three ability. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, when this spirit attacks, place one core from the void into your reserve. So Which he's, lends he's itself to those swifts. Yeah, like it's he's, yeah. it's cool. And especially with some of the other exhausting cards in uh, the Carapite and Insectoid list, like... There are opportunities where you can open up a lane for him to attack, and you get that void, and then you can flash in another character, attack again. It's 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 cool. I I think there's like, yeah, a lot of different routes you can take when building insectoid carapite decks now. Um, just with, but I think both of these X rares go hand in hand, uh, in the yeah. same deck. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you could. I I think you could. So I guess I'm retracting my earlier statement. So if you've already left an angry comment about this, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I think maybe the Carapites, um, maybe it's not as simple as it just builds itself. Maybe, yeah, like there are multiple lanes for you to go. Yeah. Like I could definitely see leaving this out of my deck if I have a very like Carapite specific strategy that like even just him not being a Carapite would kind of mess with my strategy. Right. But um but yeah i think he's pretty solid it kind of reminds me a little bit the queen and this guy kind of remind me of playing like the armored dragon dude and the elephant in white like, yep they're kind of like for the moment if you're building that type of deck there's not really much else to put at your top end so they're pretty obvious choices right but they're also very good so it's not like it's not like you're really like upset about that yeah well in that yellow uh deck list that i got the inspiration from they were running mm -hmm. two nauman guards and two dragon ships yeah so i understand that i understand being like 
I'm going to top deck an eight cost white card and be able to play it. Which one is more impactful? I'm not sure. So I'm going to have both. And honestly, they both kind of work. So yeah, in this deck, it's like you're, you're getting to the same thing, right? You want your insectoids and your carapites to be ramping for you and to be in your hand. And then either the queen comes in and floods with tokens, or you draw armor tree deity Herrick Dynas, who comes in and lets you uh, flash in your little carapites and insectoids and, and continue to ramp. I, yeah, I, I think, you know, a two of each in a green deck could be pretty good. And then you sideboard one more copy of each. And depending on your, your matchup, you take one out and put the other one in. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I like them. I definitely dig it. There's uh, one more. Oh, no, there's a couple more, actually. Yes. Um, so this yeah. is Emerald Pincer, a four cost reduced by two insectoid green spirit. Level one for one core, it has 3k. Level two for two cores, it has 4k. So reasonable ramping there. Uh, but it's when summoned effect at level one and level two says, select one of your opponent's spirits and exhaust it. So you pair that with that guy we just talked about. You flash in Emerald Pincer. You exhaust one of your opponent's spirits. That's good. <laughs> That's really yeah. good. I mean, that could end a uh, an, an attack step. This also works with your tokens. If you have a bunch of them ready, you bring in Emerald Pincer. Maybe a couple of them. You exhaust a couple of your opponent's spirits and just send in the worker ants to go wide. Yeah. I, I think that this card is honestly good enough... Um, to play outside of Carapite Insectoids. Like, I think, you I think it's good enough to play outside of green in the right situations. Yeah. I, I think this could be a really fun, like, if you're splashing green especially and can get those couple of reductions, this is a cool card to just drop in out of nowhere and be like, whoops, <laughs> your guy's exhausted. Yeah, yeah, this, the surprise element that you would get playing this outside of green would definitely be greater. I think it's harder to justify that with the stat line, but... To your point, if you're doing kind of like what I was talking about earlier, where it was like 30 white, 20 red in my yeah. deck. Uh, if you're doing like 30 purple, 20 green, this yeah. could definitely be that's what I'm thinking. Green. This this yeah. this splashes well in purple with cards like Core Drain, where you need them to be exhausted, or like uh, Dark Knight Mordred, you know, um, yeah. stuff like that. This card lends to that purple, those situational purple cards getting getting those situations a little quicker and a little easier oh this this could help you get around nomen guard because you could play That's true. It, exhaust it and then when you uh steal the cores off well it would still trigger the wind destroyed ability but um at least they're not like refreshing and having this big you know crazy spirit on the board yeah so i guess you know it doesn't really get around nomen guard because as someone who's played with nomen guard you're just as fine with your opponent killing it. So, right. <laughs> but yeah. it at least stops them from doing that refresh uh, BS every turn. So <laughs> true. Um, man, the art on this next one is so good. Well, I actually was thinking, how do you feel about me going with uh fly trap mantis next? Oh yeah. 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 Do that. And then, and that then I'll way do that we, one. And then that way we end on like kind of a big one. Yeah. Let's do that. All right, so Flytrap Mantis is another insectoid here. It's a two-cost, one-reduction insectoid. 
uh, level one for one core, 3,000, and level two for three cores, 5,000. So same exact stat line as Fluff Mingo, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're uh, right. The only difference being that it is an insectoid, which is relevant, as are the prey bird subtype, I believe. So it just kind of depends on what you're building. Yep. Um, it, yeah, it's super cool. I like it. The text, it, it's textless. Um, it references Eternal Phoenix to Kiwa. And yeah, that insectoid trait is what, you know, keeps this as technically a different card than Fluffamingo. Um, I like it. I like, I, I like the art. I like the yeah. uh, Venus flytrap uh, mantis hands. Pretty yeah. Neat. That's a fun. That's a fun idea. It's like Scyther, but with Venus flytrap hands. Very cool. Yeah. Edward Venus flytrap hands. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Edward Venus flytrap hands. Oh, uh, I, yeah. I like it, and I, I cannot stop imagining just the most stupid aggro spring of Norn two cost textless rainbow deck. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna try to build it. I'll yeah, report that back like soon. Fun. I, I think well, you st yeah. you'd still have to play Freeze at all in that, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and Prince Pentan. But, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> There's some cool I'm stuff that's happening in 2-cost. My brain is, like, 2-cost everything. <laughs> all right. So our last insectoid. Very neat card here. Map Butterfly. Zero cost. Green insectoid spirit. Zero cost. It's textless. Level one for one core, it's 1,000. Level two for three cores, it's 3,000. So nothing spectacular except the fact that this is a free body, quote-unquote, in green that is insectoid. So that means you can flash this card in with the X-Rare insectoid. Yeah, for free. For free. Just, just got to put a core on it. Yeah. That's crazy. I I have some beef with this card. Interesting. <laughs> What's your beef? Um, it it's, has nothing to do with the actual gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is definitely a moth and not a butterfly. Uh, oh, the, that's very true. See, see how it has the um, oh, yeah. like the dust around it? Like yeah. It's supposed to be a moth. It's a I moth. Don't know what, I don't know why they called it a butterfly. And also, <sighs> um, map moth would have been alliteration in the name they both start with m i don't get <laughs> damn you completely ruined this card for me i'm never gonna I mean, think about anything else now when i look at this because you're totally they right could have, they also could have called it like atlas moth but i think that's already a moth like a real world moth yeah but so I, that, I just... that's probably the bit is that they're instead of atlas moth they're like what's the what's the opposite map butterfly like green day blue night you know like so they're so they did this to piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> and it's working. God damn it. Butterfly beef. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I would not eat I would not eat butterfly. Beef. Oh, I absolutely would not either. Um uh, the wings are cool though. I like that it's like continents with like a compass on it. Like that's absurd. Yeah, it is. Um All right, we have seven cards left after this. Yeah, one. sorry, keep Oh, we have seven more? We have seven more. We have three in this group, and then there's another group of four. Oh, I didn't even know there was another. Okay, yeah, we better get going. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're definitely over. But, you know, I'm making up for the fact that I, I missed uh, our weekly upload. So yeah. strap in, baby. We've got seven more cards I'm to go. Fun. 
I'm having a blast. Let me know, audience. Let me know, audience. Are you having fun? <laughs> yeah. I'm do, you, having fun. do you mind if we go a little longer, or would you rather us keep it short? Let us know in absolutebsspod at gmail.com or on Twitter yeah, now or on the YouTube. Sit. We're just going to have to sit here and wait for their response. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, hey, if, hey, if anyone wants to sponsor us, this is where we could put an ad read in. That's so right. You know. We could we could break right here at the hour 11 minute mark. Beautiful oh timing. Yeah, you, be, you, you better go. You better keep reading. <laughs> All right. Loyal retainer as a wolf. So this is giving Digimon for sure. Um, I, I've been excited to see more Blade Beasts because that's a, just a really cool trait name. So this is a four cost reduced by two Blade Beast Green Spirit. Level one for one core, 3,000 BP. Level two for three cores, 5,000 BP. At level one and level two, while this spirit attacks... New keyword, Gale 1. Oh, baby. When this spirit is blocked, so this is while the spirit attacks, it gets Gale 1. And Gale is, when this spirit is blocked, your opponent selects the specified number of refreshed spirits they control and exhausts them. So you're yeah. tapping this guy at level 1 or 2. And immediately, your opponent has to choose one of their refreshed spirits and exhaust them. Can't declare them as a blocker. That's, again really good and i don't know what the blade beasts look like but at the very least this is a good green card to include I, with some of your other exhausting mechanics or I've purple that's i've looked at some of them and i will say the blade beasts are looking good it's going to be difficult to pick a, a style of green deck to focus on each trade i've seen today has just made me want to burn all my yellow cards not really i would never i would never wow i can't believe you'd say that when we have crocodile coming yeah out. don't tell crocodile don't tell flying turtle <laughs> um definitely don't tell alice uh, but yeah i think that if you're going second this is a really cool card to play because Super you can cool. just like you can just drop uh yeah and in purple i could definitely see that because you exhaust their cards and now you can like core drain them or whatever yep i'm seeing a couple and you know maybe you just tutor in those zero cost green moths to bring down the reduction of these and moths work out in purple decks you know moths death blah 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 green uh, green purple is going to be a fun fun matchup i just had a thought uh oh never mind it's a dumb thought uh, never mind we'll keep going. <laughs> okay <laughs> uh you i was wanna... just gonna say i was just gonna say in case in that in case me leaving that open-ended bothered anybody uh <laughs> i wonder if map butterfly the purpose of it being in the set is the <laughs> fact that green did not get a zero cost spirit in the expansion but oh sure probably but you know what those spirits are totally different and they all do the same thing so i don't think that's the case right but, but at the very least a number i guess yeah yeah all right you want to get this uh absolute unit of a card yeah what Horned a fortress ellis moth so Oh, that's why they didn't use moth. This guy's a moth. <laughs> Doesn't he look like yeah, one? Yeah, obviously. Can't you tell by the way his wings are flapping? Yeah. Uh, this is like a giant rhinoceros with like a uh, Japanese-style castle on its back. It's um, so cool. It's it's pretty freaking cool. It looks like his legs are made out of stone. Yeah, and he's like decked out, really ornated with like this gold and silver-plated armor. Very neat. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Uh, eight cost can be reduced by three blade beast level one for one core 5k level two for three cores 9k pretty awesome stats when it's summoned at either level select one of your spirits against 3000 bp during this turn 
So you could also select itself to give it potentially up to 12k. And then at level 2, when it attacks, select one of your opponent's spirits for each of your other spirits with 4,000 or more BP and exhaust them. So if you've got like a 1k dude, you drop this, give it 3k more, now you've got another trigger for this uh, second ability here. So a lot of exhausting going on. So Blade Beasts, I'm going to venture and say prematurely because I don't know for sure. I'm going to say that Blade Beasts don't necessarily play well with the Insectoid and Carapite traits because those feel like they're going to lean to a wider board, stretched out, cheaper stats, less cores on everything. But if you put yeah. Blade Beast, these are one, These are some of these cards that I'm like, green and white would be unstoppable because you want to load up your cores on these guys and just make them huge walls and tanks. And then, you know, with a Blade Beast, even if you only have three other creatures here when this thing attacks that have 4,000 or more BP, that's three creatures that get exhausted just from this one card's ability. Then you have the, the Retainer Ezo or whatever, and you're just literally like step aside i'm coming right to your health yep and that's fun i i think this is a cool card i think that nexuses that give like very small bonuses to all of your spirits during the attack step also become very relevant in cases like this i'm looking uh, at some of these textless greens and my spring of norn deck and some white cards and i'm just thinking i might need to break out the spring of norn deck again <laughs> I think every set you should break out. The I think I should. Deck. Green, white, this guy in the brand boar too from the starter deck. Are you kidding me? Yeah, could be pretty sweet. Yeah, brand boar, brand boar likes likes this as well. Yes, brand boar and Ellis Moth. Name a more iconic duo. I'll wait. I can't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe maybe actually Ellis Moth and this next guy. Oh 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 man. Oh my gosh. Which, by the way, the art on this is yeah. pretty freaking cool. Once this again, is... want to plug our YouTube if you're not already there. Um, but we actually are hearing from a lot of the YouTube uh, subscribers. So first of all, hello. Thank you. Um, if you're watching this, the companion video on YouTube, if this is how you're uh, getting your content. Uh, we do have a video version of this podcast. All it really is is that I just flash the screens up or the cards up on the screen as we talk about them. So you can see this really, really cool art. This is Daimyo Beast Yaiba no Kami. It is a panther with crazy cool armor. This looks like, um, it looks like, uh, Final Fantasy has some big, like, lion beasts with, like, these kind of flourishes and stuff like that. So it, it, it definitely reminds me of something like that. This is a very cool card. Six cost, reduced by three, green blade beast spirit. Level 1 for 1 core is 4k. Level 2 for 3 cores is 7k. And level 3 for 6 cores is 10k. Level 1, 2, and 3 during your opponent's attack step. At the start of the step, select one of your spirits with higher BP than your opponent's highest BP spirit. Place a core from the void onto it. So that's interesting. During your opponent's attack step, at level one, two, and three, while this thing's on the field, at the start of that step, you select one of your spirits with higher BP than your opponent's highest BP spirit, and you get to ramp it. And then at level two and level three, 
Treat the level one BP as 4,000 for all of your spirits that cost three or fewer. Yeah, so now this is a pretty iconic duo. Whoa. <laughs> so he he just basically says, uh, in combination with the other dude, Whoa. now all of your spirits are counted as, as part of... I, I take it back then. It, they do play well with the insect tokens. You you can make the, your insect tokens 4,000. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you can exhaust your opponent's spirits for each token you have. What the hell? Yeah. Is green my new main? It's always been my favorite color. I am definitely going to play around with green. I feel like where I'm going to land with green is probably more like a green-purple build. Yeah. But... I really want to try some mono green stuff, and I may, who knows, maybe I end up in a mono green place. I love the idea of it. That's a cool card. I, I don't have a lot more to say about that. It, it does. It speaks for itself. It's like, yo, <laughs> this and that, Blade Beast, baby. This is another example of just a solid card that is already just like a good card, but then, you know, it just has some abilities that it gets, it just gets better. Yeah, uh, and it's like, going it, to look good it, on the field. Yeah, and it's going to look sick. <laughs> and it's going to be... And this is an X-Rare, so we might end up getting... I an alt art? Yeah, we might get a, end up getting a Gundam alt art. Imagine that. That'd oh be sweet. my gosh. Oh, we're definitely... Well, not definitely, but we could potentially get... Uh, do all the X-Rares have alts, alts? Not all of them, I don't think. Oh, okay. But this this one could definitely have a pretty sweet alt art, I'm sure. Yes. But the uh, I would love to see a Gundam of this. I agree. All right, man. We're we're towards the last four. We got the hunger plant, tree, the plant folk, and then we're we're getting out of here. Yeah, hunger tree. This is another one of my favorite cards. Going to sound pretty similar to another card we talked about earlier. Uh, hunger tree is a four cost reduction plant folk. For uh, one core, it's level one at four k, and for three cores, it's level two at six k. When it's destroyed by your opponent, your opponent selects a card from their hand and discards it. So I played this with the Mushrantula. Yeah. Just really went all in on the hand control. It's just mean. Like, you really, as someone who was playing against it, I'm like, I had an opportunity to kill it or, like, attack it and, and not worry if it blocked me on one turn. Um, but, the, like, the turn before and the turn before that even, I was like, I, I don't know if I can afford to swing right now. Because if he does block and he dies, I'm going to have to get rid of a really good card that I need to play next turn. You know, like, Hunger Tree is mean. Yeah. I, I think it's really solid. And, again, this is... It's it's good as a couple copies in your green, but it's also good splashed somewhere else. It's a cool little also, card. Good stats. Also, the, the art is just terrifying. Yeah, it is. It reminds me of, like, Execute from pokemon but like yeah evil like a horrific, <laughs> horrific execute yeah it's <laughs> awful uh it's also yeah the stat line on this guy is just solid i mean if you just drop him and your opponent never destroys it like i mean you're still just swinging in with a 6k dude yeah like, and it can cover a lot of the like little guys that yep. could be more problems if they don't cover it yeah like it's a great four drop. I, I'm surprised this is a four reduced two. Like, they probably could have made it a four reduced one. I would still play good. it, yeah. 
I, I maybe wouldn't play four copies, but I would at least play like two or three. Yeah. I agree. Um, right, back to the Blade Beast, though. Oh, yeah, we got another Blade Beast here. Um, I, whoa! Okay. Young Warrior Umpioru. Sorry if I, I mean, I'm sure I didn't get that right. This is a four cost reduced by three Blade Beast Green Spirit. Textless. Level one for one core. 5k level two for two cores 6k so let's recap so going in the spring of norn deck <laughs> spring of norn baby spring of <laughs> norn deck and at level one so a two core commitment to play this if you have green on your field one for the cost one to keep it alive it has 5k it's already leaning into uh the other guy the blade beast the 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 castle guy you know who i'm talking about we just talked about him the four thousand yeah, yeah. the, the exhaust thing like that's nuts that's a great four drop this like rivals like bearded eagle for me and like as some of my favorite textless cards or emperor even like that's neat yeah. it's good the you can't deny i mean i think if you're playing green you need to consider like do i just play this card just because it's Cheap. solid block yeah cheap solid block solid attack yeah i think like, this is an insta add at least at two copies in any green build I, i'm gonna be as so bold as to say that i feel conflicted about the art on this card yeah How it's, do you feel about it? it's not my favorite i want to like it but also it just looks like he's like Ah, somebody flicked a booger onto my face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, also, he, like, runs on all fours, so why does he have swords? Does he have opposable <laughs> thumbs to be able to pull he those has, out? He has a bladed tail. Yeah. Um, mean, mean cat. But I, I don't know if he's, like, shocked or attacking or... It's kind of like, like the Mona Lisa, too. It follows you with its eyes wherever you're looking at it. It's always looking back at you. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get a cool alt art of that guy. I don't know. Yeah. That could be a cool one for a Gundam. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This next one is so cool. Loyal Retainer Higumaru. This is like a blade beast. It's a blade beast, but it's like a bear. Uh, like a bear with a sword on its back and like Wolverine claws. This might or be. Maybe... Yeah. Is it a Wolverine? Maybe it's just a Wolverine. I don't know. Maybe. But, like, this is one of those cards. Like, okay, this might be niche. Um, do you have, like, friends that, like, you're trying to get into something and you're like, if I could show them one card from this game, that would completely hook them? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm always trying to do that. Yeah. I have a friend that if I showed them this card, he'd be like, take my money. Let, let me build the <laughs> deck around Blade Beasts and, and this guy is my dude. You know, like, card sleeves yeah. of this guy. Uh, yeah, this is a really neat looking card. The art is so cool, and, and this could definitely get a couple people I know into this game. Wow. It's it's a, it's a pretty decent card, too. So uh, level, or sorry, uh, three cost, two reduction. And it's a Blade Beast Spirit. Level one for one core, 2k. Level two for three cores, 4k. So like, it can get out of Burning Force range. Um, but it has a when destroyed ability. Your opponent selects one of their spirits for each of your other spirits with 4,000 or more BP and exhausts them. So Unreal. really, really playing into that 4K plus uh, BP, you know, stat line strat that you're going with, with the, uh, the, the big fortress dude. 
Yeah. So much exhaustion. And, like, what a helpless feeling your opponent would have to have there. Because it's, like, it's when destroyed. Not even, like, either side. Like, this could potentially be an absolute ice shield in green. That is a good point. Yeah. If you have enough if, other guys and yeah. you block with this guy first, you could end an entire attack step and exhaust all their field and just go for the like. It's a face up ice shield in some situations. I think you don't get the life back, but damn, yeah. that's a good card. Yep, and and, and then also um, what they have to consider is not just the fact that if they swing in, it could end the combat, but also then it could mess with how they block Yeah, the next turn. Because then if you're swinging in with your Blade Beasts, which, you it know, would be. this, could, this could go outside of play, Blade Beast. I could see that. But if you're playing Blade Beast, he's probably in there. And, uh, you know, like, you're just going to exhaust more stuff. Now your opponent's wide open. Like they need something like this to protect themselves or they're screwed. Yeah. All right. Final card. And this is a plant folk, but it's going to reference a keyword that we saw a couple of cards ago on the blade beast. This is Fang Lord tree, Rafflesio or Ra Raphael raffle. See How would you pronounce that? I think, Reflegio or Reflegio, maybe? <laughs> this is one of those um, uh, giant like plant flower things that smells like rotting meat. Yeah. Is what it is. Butterfly beef. Butterfly beef. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a seven cost, reduced by three, plant folk green spirit card. Uh, not X-Rare, my bad. So just rare. Uh, level one for one it core. It kind of looks like it would be an expert, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I, I was actually surprised. I'm like, is this the plant folk baddie? But I guess we don't have one yet. Level one, one core, 5k. Level two, three cores, 7k. And level three, five cores, 9k. So nice clean stats and progression. At level one, two, and three, while this spirit attacks, gale two. So when the spirit is blocked, your opponent selects the specified number of refreshed spirits they control, in this case two, and exhausts them. Uh, and at level three, while the spirit attacks, when this spirit's attack reduces your opponent's life, select one of your opponent's spirits and exhaust it. So, so basically it says your opponent pretty much has to block this. Yep. Like, it's, or... it's a new fancy workaround confront in green, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And, and, but it's another one of those helpless feelings where it's like if they only have two and you drop this, you exhaust both of them, you hit them, and you don't even care about that while the spirit attacks level three. It, it's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's weird. I'm, I might be premature in saying this, but it really feels like green is going to fundamentally change the way in which you play this game i uh, i agree completely like and i don't mean that in a bad way i think that the meta is gonna have to really shift and evolve pretty pretty heavily yeah. when the set comes out i mean i think that was kind of already to be expected because anytime you get a new like you know 
injection of like new cards like the meta is going to shake up because yeah. there's new exciting cards to play but this is not just about like oh swapping out some some cards in my deck that was already pretty good this is like you have to be prepared to like if your opponent can exhaust all of your spirits and they have seven spirits out what do you do yeah you're dead unless yeah. like i i think we're gonna see a rise of bouncing i think we're gonna see um more of the exhaust kill purple stuff like yeah the meta is definitely going to shift hard and the thing yeah. about a whole new color coming in is it's not a one-trick pony by any means there as we've just seen today there are so many different green builds and green splashes that yeah this game is just busting wide open as far as like how you play it and how you build your decks and what's going in your sideboard and when you're attacking when you're even setting a burst card or holding it back like we talked about earlier like everything is changing and then we get to do this again later down the road when blue comes in yep and and it's blue incredible gonna have mill and stuff so I'm interested to see if that changes the deck sizes. Like, do people go all yeah. the way up to 60? Yeah, because at first I was like, why is it allowed 5260 with a 10-card sideboard? But it's it's going to make a lot more sense once once blue comes in, too. I mean, even it already does now with that rule we talked about when you go to time. It's how many cards are left in your deck. Yeah, um, I'll let Angel talk about that more when he comes on the show. But that, that became relevant at the Grand Open for him as well. Yeah. Wow. So... I'm I'm excited. I'm just so impressed with everything we've seen in green. Uh, I, I didn't know I could get so excited about all the archetypes in a color. Because, like, uh, the other four right now, it's like, ah, I'm not really interested in bounce. I'm not really interested in the star dragons. It's a little clunky and confusing for me. Even in yellow, it's like, I don't care about luster. That's not my play style. But green, yeah. I'm looking at these and I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> They're so fun. So, uh, do we want to do that segment we talked about? Let's do it real quick. All right. I'm just going to, let's, this is our first time. We've done this in the past, but now we're doing it as an official segment. So, I'm going to say, uh, Cam, mm -hmm. what time is it? It's time for Champ or Chump. Woo! Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> I'm assuming there will be some kind of sound effect in there. Uh, yeah. No, I'm so going to leave it just to, empty. So what we're going to do with Champ or Chump, uh, we're going to take, we're going to give each other one card and the person who is being asked about that card has to rate it as either Champ or as Chump. Champ meaning they think it's a fantastic card, really solid card. Um, it, theoretically, it should be the best of the best get the champ status and then if a card falls short then it's going to be a chump so, yes uh do you want me to start i would love for you to start yes okay cool um i want to ask you champ or chump on mush ranchilla mush ranchilla your, yeah i want your opinion on that one. i know okay. we've already talked about it a little bit but i want your full assessment of Mush Ranchula. I, I'm not and gonna. For context, yeah, context, go for it. Mush Ranchula is when summoned. If you spend a soul core, uh, your opponent selects a card from their hand and discards it, and it's 
Just like a little spirit. Yep, three cost, one reduction. Level one, one core, two K. Level two, two cores, three K. I got it up on the screen too. Uh, cool. Um, and and I'm gonna instate this rule now. We can't go. It depends. We have to definitively say champ or chump. And I'm gonna. I lean more towards chump. And See. this is why. I, I think discarding is a very powerful ability um, in general, in any card game. The less cards your opponent has in their hand, obviously, the less options they have, and, and the, the better uh, your chances are during that game, or at least during that moment. I don't think there's enough discarding to make this champ status where it's like, I'm throwing this in every deck. And I just think about in a game where the deck minimum is 50 and you only see four cards at the beginning of the game as your starting hand. I think more often than not, and this is just my opinion, more often than not, Mushrangela is gonna come out at a time where I, I wish to God that I drew something else. Yeah, I could see that. So that is why, for me, I'm going to lean towards Chump for Mushrangela. Nice. That's why I wanted to ask you about it, because I figured you'd have a very different opinion. Yeah, I, we always do. I love this style of cards, so I feel very differently. But I can also see exactly what you're saying, because I think those weaknesses to it are its a pretty big gamble. Something to think about. Yeah, I, I think if you, yeah, it, it's, when you get to that point in the game where you're top decking stuff, um, this is not, this is probably not what you want to top deck. I agree. All right. What so do you got for me? Mine for you, interestingly enough, is the other card that discards, Hunger Tree. <laughs> so champ or chump for Hunger Tree, a four cost right. plant folk reduced by two, one core, 4k, three cores, 6k um when destroyed by opponent your opponent selects a card from their hand and discards it i am gonna give you a surprising answer here i think okay i'm gonna say chump that is surprising <laughs> and and the reason for that is the fact that it has to be destroyed by your opponent for that ability to trigger means that they're you're putting the power of the 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 ability of this card is within your the hands of your opponent. Your opponent gets to decide when this happens. Yep. And so they are going to very strategically decide when it is the appropriate time to get rid of this. And I think that that makes it lean more towards Chump. I would now, agree with you 100% on those terms, for sure. I think the the... The factor here that is just impossible to measure, which is why I can't place it in champ. Because it's just like the Mushrangela. It's a bit of a gambling card. For sure. Um, which I think is really fun. I really like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but It can be impactful yeah. 10 times out of 100. Yeah. It's, it's an impactful and very fun card uh, some of the time. Some of the time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the yeah that that's the problem with it i think is that your opponent gets to choose when this happens and um 
yeah, I, I think that that's that's going to lean it more towards into into chump territory for me. Mm-hmm. I think also this is a card that's going to excite a lot of people, and we're going to see a lot of play of it anyway. And I learned in card games a long time ago, especially playing Keyforge, where like I can't control what's in my opponent's deck or in my own. So you have mm-hmm. to play around targets. And so the cards where it's like, I put the ball in your court now, what that means is they already have a predetermined outcome, how they think this card is going to make you react. So yeah. I agree. The, it's a skill test card in the sense that it does give your opponent all the control. And to me, if I'm that opponent and I'm getting that control, I love that. Yeah. And that, I don't, it's probably just some kind of defiance in me, but it pushes me to want to find this, the best solution. So there's a card in Keyforge called Harbinger of, of Doom. And if none of you know about Keyforge, I'll try to just really keep this simple. Basically, it's a creature that can be difficult to kill, depending on the deck. But when it is killed, it destroys every other creature on the board. So it is a, it's a board wipe on a stick. Um, yeah. And so in Keyforge, if you leave your opponent's creatures on the field, they're able to generate the currency that you need to win the game. So it's one of those cards where it's like, I'm going to slap down Harbinger of Doom. And now my opponent, at any time, this is a threat on the board. So what do they do? Do they get rid of it now? Do they leave it on the board and allow me to use it? Or do I get to decide? Because odds are, if it's in your Keyforge deck, you're going to have cards that were algorithmically thrown in there that are going to combo with that card to a timing that you wanted. So when I see Harbinger come down on my opponent's side of the field, I'm targeting that one immediately because I don't want them to have that opportunity to combo it for their schedule. So Hunger Tree, to me, is exactly like one of those cards. And so I would also, you know, on any other day, if we weren't talking Chump or Champ, I'm still saying it's a great card. The stat lines are great. The ability is good. It does have that caveat. I'm definitely going to be building decks with four copies. Absolutely. And I've already (laughs) played against him, and he can be very impactful in certain points. But I I would agree with you. I I couldn't call him a champ. Yeah. Uh, So that was... um... That was like the uh, man. I keep wanting to say like one more thing about it, and then it keeps it keeps escaping <laughs> from me. But uh, yeah, it's. I think it's a really fun card. But yeah, I think anytime you're giving that much power in your opponent's hands to make the decision about when this ability triggers. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. I I, I do think there's a an unknown factor with this card, which is. Um, it will change your opponent's behavior and whether or not that behavioral change is beneficial to you or not is almost impossible to know. Yes. So like if you're if you're playtesting with this card, your opponent is like changing like if you're playing with this card, your opponent is is changing the their behavior around it, but it's impossible really for you to know unless you have a discussion with your opponent afterwards about that specific card (laughs) yeah uh what it was stopping them from doing or what decisions they made differently because this card was out so yeah it's it's a really difficult card to like play test with and know how impactful it really is because i don't know i think that also kind of plays into the power level of it though in that um i agree it makes your opponent do weird stuff that they maybe wouldn't normally do otherwise but I I talk a lot about skill testing cards for yourself 
in a deck that like you're building and you put it in and it's like there's depth to this card other than what's just written here you know and that's like finding out what it is but this card gives your opponent that chance to either show that they're maybe a little more experienced with say the game itself or just green in general or this card so it's really good at the beginning of a release it's also really good in draft i think but as yeah. the set matures i think this card gets worse and worse because people as a collective and with the internet you know we're gonna have like answers to little weird edge cards like this and so what really it becomes and the point that we're beating over and over again is that it's a skill test card for your opponent and you're making a gamble that says if they're good at this game you kind of wasted a turn yeah <laughs> yeah if, you, if you're going to your fun little like you know friendly local game store playing some games like you might get some really fun wins with this card but if you're going to like a grand open or something like people just play around this yeah yeah I, I yep that's it that's where i think we land with that i love it all right it's a cool card green is fascinating this has been a very very fun episode um either sorry for going too long or you're welcome for going a little longer um <laughs> if you made it all the way to the end of this episode we want to thank you very much for for uh continuing to support us this is our sixth episode we've gotten over 100 plays on spotify for the first five so that means we're like averaging Ooh. 20 an episode so thank you um thank you to everyone who has participated in the polls on the end of the spotify episodes that's apparently a thing that i can do so if you're listening on spotify right now or if you're not and you want to participate um i put up a q a and a poll that lasts for a week after the episode is released that you can participate in and um, usually it's something like, which archetype are you more excited about? Or do you agree, champ or chump on this card? So if you want to hop over there, I don't know exactly how it works, like if it just pops up while you're listening or not. But check out uh, Absolute BSS Pod on Spotify for those little questions and interactions. Or you can always interact with us on our Twitter, Absolute BSS Pod. And you can email us, AbsoluteBSSPod at gmail.com. And you can leave comments on the YouTube version of this podcast. And you can also see all the pretty cards that we're freaking out about, Queen and Train. So thank you to everyone who's listened. <laughs> Shout out to Queen and Train specifically. <laughs> yes. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the YouTube and has left some comments. Uh, we also have some other videos on there. Uh, a gameplay video went up and someone commented and was like, cool to see some gameplay from you guys. Thanks for your insight. Um, and that's really fun. So yeah, we, we would love to keep the conversation going between episodes. And yeah, uh, we plan I, on releasing some more soon. I think the core of this show, and this is something you and I talked about, uh, is we're just trying to make something that we would want to listen to. Because I love listening to podcasts about card games I'm into. So hopefully you all are enjoying it and uh, really appreciate you being here listening. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Absolute BSS. You already know where to find us and where to contact us. Um, we'll be back with another episode soon. But yeah, I'm Cameron. And I'm Eric. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. See ya.